Welcome to the Wilson Show. This is Lord Extra Cooler, and welcome to the Extra Cooler Show. Nobody eats beefaroni on a boat, man. That's a problem. <laughs> right, so, uh, right, so uh, what's in the cooler? Oh, that just blew my mind. <laughs> your rhino, your rhino's on you. Extra credit. Support, 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 support side heat. Extra credit. Welcome to the Extra Cooler Show. Welcome to a very special two-year anniversary episode of the Extra Cooler Show. My name is Nick, otherwise known as Extra Cooler, and this week I am joined by Jimmy the Rat Polo, Mikey Stacchino, and the hop god, Mr. Feeny. Oh, that's right. Is it just because I have a beard? Is that why I'm Feeny? Feeny? I'm really excited. I get to be the rat. That guy was also on Salute Your Shorts. I'm so excited. (laughs) Am I Vader or Vader's son? You're Vader's son, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, you, we're, you're a, he's a poet. He's a poet. <laughs> so yeah. we're we're tipping our hand a bit, um, <laughs> but uh, I'm assuming everybody's looked at the graphic already in front of them. Um, that's right. For our two year anniversary, we've decided to treat ourselves to a little TGIF, or should I say <laughs> TGIVT? Because uh, thank God it's Vader time. Uh, Vader's run. On one of my favorite shows, we're covering it, uh, Boy Meets World. Um, we're going to dive into uh, Leon's time spent with uh, Corey Matthews and company. Um, but before we do, uh, as usual, you can find us on Instagram, at Extra Cooler, and on Twitter, at Extra Cooler Show. And don't forget, we do have a Discord. Uh, hop in there, guys. Um, so this is a happy gonna- anniversary. Yeah, wish us two years, man. This is pretty incredible. Episode 83. Um, I'm not going to even go any further, right? Uh, Matt, you want to do some housekeeping first? uh, And then I think you've got some some birthday treats for us. I totally do. So a little bit of housekeeping. Last week, we started talking about the undisputed title, and we started asking questions of, you know, who wore it first, who wore it best, kind of like all of those things. A lot of, we we were a little unprepared. So I'm doing some housekeeping. The... uh, Undisputed title, I I do have to admit, I I said that there was no eagle on it. It was just really hidden. We'll talk about it in a second. But the uh, undisputed title was introduced by champion Triple H on April 1st of 2002 on an episode of Raw. The belt was designed by New York-based tattoo artist Keith Caramello. Uh, and then it, he took inspiration from the WCW design with the nameplate and then the two previous uh, big gold or excuse me, the, the big eagle and the winged eagle, including the eagle on top of a globe. Um, but then later, the championship in September of 2002 was SmackDown exclusive. So it essentially ran from April of 2002 through April of 2005 when Cena came in with the spinner. So uh, it the, the 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 lineage of this title is Triple H, Hulk that's, Hogan. Sorry, sorry, that's Triple H after he beats Jericho at WrestleMania 18, I, right? That's what I was going to say. Nick, it's so incredible how Hogan Rock, which we've covered in our illustrious two years, um, so overshadows that match that we, yes. you and I, forget that that belt debuts right after. We, yeah. like, we saw the match yep. that leads Wild. to the belt. So fine, and we didn't even think of it in the last yeah. episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because of... 
Icon vs. Icon. Yeah, absolutely. Which is still one of our highest rated or highest uh, listened to shows. I, I, Not so ironically, because that show was a blast. But that was year one. So the, the, the lineage of the title. Triple H, Hulk Hogan, Undertaker, The Rock, Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, JBL, and then John Cena. Damn. That's nine some guys, pretty classic guys. Oh, nine yeah. guys that are all Hall of Famers. Yeah. Every yeah. single one of them. And some of those like title the when they switch hands are some pretty iconic matches, right? We talk about Triple H debuting it, but then the others that come to mind is Rock uh handing the title over essentially at SummerSlam to Brock and then uh No Way Out Eddie beating uh Brock Lesnar. You know, yeah. those are those are two classic when you rattled off those names, those are the two things that came to mind for me immediately. Yeah, and then uh, we yeah. this all spawned from JBL's long run with the title too. Um the feud with John Cena and like the, the we should cover the match that Cena is just an absolute bloody mess with him and JBL. It was a street fight or a false count anywhere or something like that, and and, and uh, Cena is just covered in blood from from uh, hairline to chin essentially. That could be a fun homework match for later. Well, like Maybe it. we can it find like a way. A year three. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, year year three is here, buddy. <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of the, the crazy part for sure. Um, so a, a big a big cheers, happy anniversary to uh, all of us here at the Extra Cooler Show. Thank you to everyone and anyone that has been here since the beginning because uh, we re- we launched our very first episode on December 16th of 2020. I can't I can't believe 2020 feel, feels like it's Insane. 18 friggin' years ago at this point. Um, but as, as Nick said in the open, we are on episode 83, which marks our 50th episode of year number two. So mm. 50 Damn. episodes is Cheers pretty, to uh, consistency, man. Yeah, wow. cheers to consistency and 1,291 minutes and nine second, seconds of goodness for your ear holes brought to you by us for here at the extra cooler show along with some help along the way we had tom from turnbuckle tavern we had ace from ace field retro join us as well almost 53 hours of content so uh pretty incredible little, little over two days worth of of uh, extra cooler <laughs> show so that's crazy I'm uh, I'm certainly proud of us. Cheers to you guys. I appreciate you being on the on the ride with uh, with me on this one. Um, our highest played episode of the year was episode 46, which was WrestleMania 10 Part One. Huh. We lost <clears throat> we right. lost 11 jabronis from Part One to Part Two, so <laughs> they they fell off. 47 um, episode 47 was Part Two, and it was the birth of Mikey Workrate. Oh. So Mikey Workrate <laughs> came around in episode 47 when I think Jim called him that. And then Nick was immediately like, "That that's it. He's Mikey Workrate because you were giving <laughs> – everybody else was giving ratings of like four for a for a match. And Mike was like, not nah, two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> the wrestling wasn't up to par for me. <laughs> so out. you guys have any personal favorites from year two, which is essentially from episode 33 through today's episode 83? Who wants to go first? It's I'll always first. daunting. Oh, you go. Go for it, Michael. Yeah. Michael, right. work great. Uh, one of my favorites, actually, was our watch-along of the first Monday Nitro. 
Yeah. Uh, all with the European collar and everything, you know, <laughs> that made this debut there. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, was in the mall, just like, uh, was that our first watch along? I can't remember. I mean, no, we so. did like a oh, superstars. No, super stars yeah. Oh, right, a superstars one. The bathroom party right. class that day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this was might have been my first one, that's why. Um, but yeah, there was so much good stuff in there. I think we had a lot of good flow and the mall. It got some mall jokes in there and Luger <laughs> and man, it was it was good. It was very good. It's fun to go back and look. You know, when Matt asked us this question offline, I went back to the list and looked, and I'm like, man, I don't even remember doing some of these. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, I, I'm always partial to like the when we cover the big pay-per-views, like we did um, WrestleMania 10, which Matt noted, but we also did uh, SummerSlam 97 and Bash at the Beach from that same year over the summer. That was a lot of fun. And then um, Survivor Series, of course. But I think one of my favorites was actually, uh, and I always love that we do this now, is covering Raws and full episodes. I like the one, uh, the Supermarket Brawl. So uh, that was uh, uh, yes. awesome. Yeah. Tea, and then there's just a lot of fun shenanigans on that card where with uh, the catering going on up there and everything like that. It, it's a fun episode. I think it's fun to listen to. Ironically, yeah. the anniversary of that episode and the supermarket brawl is this week. So, uh, Oh, wow. Good call, Jim. It's, it, there's like, like you said, there's a lot of fun things. I, I was pretty proud of, um, our, our summer of of uh, SummerSlam and Bash at the Beach, like you mentioned, that was fun. WrestleMania 10 was a lot of fun. Um, what I almost forgot about uh, is when uh, Matt hosted Jeopardy for us. Yes. That, that was a blast in year two. Um, and just like the conversation and the feedback that we got after Survivor Series 97, the part two um, of the screw job was, in my opinion, and I think all of us would say collectively our best work. Yeah. Um, sure. So you know we've we've gotten better at this, and we've we've uncovered some gems while uh, also covering some classics. Yeah, I think in the future, I think maybe we were like afraid to pick some of these ones because of recency bias. But I think the whole stretch from Halloween through Thanksgiving include the one Nick Nick mentioned, and uh, also the. Uh, Warriors trilogy of terror from yes. the Halloween era. I think like a couple of years from now, we'll look back on the, these episodes. Me and like, oh, that, that was so awesome. enjoyed. That was a good draft. draft. You know, I'm a big draft guy. I love <laughs> draft. Uh, that's no yeah. secret. But uh, that was fun too. And uh, you know, Barry Horowitz and and Nick drafting that guy first. That was fun. The the bushwhackers are not bushwhackers jobbers. are not not jobbers. Right. Not Correct. Jobbers. <laughs> I'm gonna Correct. get a bumper sticker that says bushwhackers are not. Yes, make that. <laughs> put it on our website. I wish huh. I wish anybody other than Nick was the artist that could actually put it. <laughs> yeah. right. yes. Since it was Nick <laughs> and Nick's this take, perfect, this is the perfect one for Mikey Workrate to illustrate. Yeah. Like absolute dog shit. It just no goes with the whole thing. Yeah. So, uh, that's correct. So Nick, yeah, we, you and I have the uh, the the same favorite, and I think it was because of the outpouring of of praise that we got for it. It made me feel really proud. Proud was the word that you used as well. So episode seventy eight, we had the Survivor Series ninety seven part two, the the screw job. Jim, you talked about the trilogy of terror. I felt like that one just elicited emotions out of me that I didn't expect to really like <laughs> feel again. And then watching it again, I was like, oh my god, like I need to hide behind my chair again. <laughs> It was more Matt's trilogy of terror. Yeah, than and and I know on a personal note, I uh, 
it was scary to do, but it was fun to do. Episode 42 and episode 73, I did solo. Uh, I thought they came out pretty good. Um, yes, sir. Certainly missed you guys big time in, in those times, but I was happy to keep the uh, the train a rolling, so to speak. The You're show the must go on. So, too. Uh, yes, I, I sir. You are the one with the skill here. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all we all contribute in some way, shape, or form, True. fellas. But regardless of that, um, if I was to put a label on year two, this was the year of the gimmick. Mikey Workrate, you talked about it a little bit. Episode 38, we had the Royal Rumble Jeopardy, which I thought was a blast. We need yes. to find a way to do it again. Yes. We've had offers for somebody else to come on and do the hosting so cool. the four of us can actually do the questions. <laughs> yeah, but kind of cool. Uh, that would take a lot of organization from yeah. somebody outside of our team. Yeah. And, uh, and Mike would have to actually wager some money in Final Jeopardy. <laughs> And yeah, next time, no complaining about the buzzer, Michael Workrate. Right? Right, right. Have it work then, okay? You still won. Mikey Loophole. Mikey Loophole. Uh, episode 52 was the Jobber Draft. We did some last match redos, so kind of rebooking the territory, pal. Uh, in episode 59, we did wrestling fantasy trades, which I thought was a lot of fun. In episode 62, we re-ranked the PWI 500, which I thought was a really fun episode. In episode 72, the Survivor Series draft in 79 but um most of all i'm gonna i'm gonna just crack a beer for everybody here a lot to be proud of in episode in uh, year number two for us but this one is a cheers out to you guys as we joined the sloop brewing company family cheers. in year number two so congrats and uh really proud of what we did in year two enough patting ourselves on the back barry harlot yes. style We've got some homework i'm ready fellas all right, so like we said, we are treating ourselves uh, to a little uh, TGIF, and we're going to be breaking down Vader's run in uh, in, in Boy Meets World um, from you know ninety five and ninety six, and uh, without further ado. I feel like I should have saved this opener um, because it does not kick off our first episode. All right, so <laughs> so Vader Vader appears in season two, episode twenty one of Boy Meets World. All right, um, and for those of you who actually want to go back and watch Boy Meets World in all of its glory, <laughs> um, it is actually streaming on Disney Plus. Um, so. Episode 21, Season 2, it first aired on 5-5-1995, um, and it's called The Thrilla and Phila. And basically, the premise of the episode is Corey joins the wrestling team to make a name for himself, but eventually realizes he doesn't have to prove anything. Uh, Corey and Topango's mutual interest in each other is also <laughs> first revealed for this time <laughs> now um the hardcore wrestling fans that are listening to this episode are probably saying what the hell have i gotten myself into um but i think uh we were you know we go back and forth the four of us trying to figure out what we're going to cover sometimes and we were like how can we make this special and uh, jim put it perfectly he said we really need to take this opportunity to kind of treat ourselves and we were lo we were looking for stuff you know christmas is right around the corner we've got a christmas episode planned for next week um i found something and then someone threw out wrestle crap 
and from WrestleCrap spun into Mike Workrate suggesting Vader in Boy Meets World, and I think we all collectively immediately texted yes <laughs> or I'm in or 100. percent So uh, so here we are. Um, so before we RoboCop for those <laughs> yes in the but future that was too it, short. yeah. So RoboCop stuff like. It, it, you have to do a lot of digging. Like it wasn't as lengthy as Vader's appearance here. Yeah, you which... can just sit back and watch some uh, Boy Meets World. <laughs> <laughs> so before we talk about uh, about the episodes, um, let's like figure out where our fandom lies with Boy Meets World, right? Nineteen ninety five. So they are in in this season, season two. I believe they're fr- uh, freshmen in high school, and we were probably in like seventh grade i believe or yes. right seventh grade at the time 90, so they were two years ahead of us yeah 94 95 was our seventh grade i i yes. like can vi- i can envision my seventh grade and sixth and uh, eighth grade yearbooks that actually have the like 95 and 96 yes. were on the cover yeah. Um, Same. yeah middle school i was definitely wearing like a flannel shirt unbuttoned to you know dress like Corey or sean you, <laughs> you had know? a sean and- jason haircut I, we yes. oh, yeah it wasn't as good <laughs> briefly briefly it didn't work out as well as uh, sean hunter <laughs> matt's got it now though <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm pulling it out my hair's oh, a little man, long at the moment i feel like i owe everyone a picture of the, what i'm doing <laughs> yeah. i'm I'm uh, taking my classic. hair. I wanna, you gotta post this. This is your new. You look thing. like the bad guy from Problem Child. <laughs> Got my uh, my middle part going. Uh, so wait. So where, in all seriousness, where would you say at this time in '95 did your fandom lie? I, like I I know I can say confidently that Jim didn't really. You you didn't watch Boy Meets World, like oh Boy Meets World. I think I feel like I watched it when I was at your house. Yes, it was always like. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I was not. I I might have watched the first or parts of the first season, but but no, this is like most of this was new to me. I know the characters and everything, I know like all that, but like it was not something I tuned into weekly. Mike, you you were a Boy Meets World fan, yeah, correct? I was a pretty frequent watcher. I I definitely yeah consider myself a fan. You know, I know for myself. Oh, I mean, who didn't? I mean, to me, she kind of like took over Kelly Kapowski's role. Um, yeah. And and this was my like 1995 middle school Say by the Bell to me. Like this yeah, took over exactly. for me. You know, pretty much. Yeah. Especially when when Corey and Topanga became a thing, like which we'll get to. I mean, Jesus Christ, who didn't want to be Corey at the time? Those so- scenes are insufferable, though. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, so Matt, where did you lie? Anything that was TGIF was like just on. It was like appointment yes. watching at this time. I don't know Agreed. if I was really as enthralled as what Nick is making it seem for uh, in 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 the extra cooler household back in 1994 and oh, 1995. Yeah. But for me. Kelly Kapowski was taken over by Gwen Stefani, and that mm. never really stopped. Like even to this day, <laughs> go blow. Uh, but th- to me, it, you always enjoyed it. it. There was definitely some like and maybe I'm jumping ahead into the episode that we're going to talk about. But even the jocks on the wrestling team look like Zach Morris and AC Slater. So like all of these shows made it seem like it was just trying to capture the save by the bell magic that was there before and yes. this one f- certainly fills the void fills like that that same feeling as what the uh that that school reality kind of feeling that you're that oh, you totally totally i think you know, i think for me around this era um 
X-Files was on like Friday nights at some point. I know and it switched to Sunday. So I think there was like interference from back in the day when you couldn't record everything. You right. had to make a choice. So like I think there was just decisions made on, on right. watching. But but for me, you know how I feel about Saved by the Bell as well. Yeah. Like, anytime you're, I'm watching not... like this show or, or Saved by the Bell, I'd I'm just thinking I'd rather be watching Hey Dude right now. That's, that's, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's where I come Jimmy down. Polo has been My removed melody. from the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's blasphemy. Like, nah, even comparing the two. That's like, it's like a Royal Rumble. You were in the ring yeah. waiting for me to come down and watch me right out. Yeah, it does. Right now. <laughs> you knew what was coming. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So, so uh, once again, Corey's joining the wrestling team in this episode. Um the He's on the team. Right up your alley. The, the 108 super confetti weight division is where yeah, he falls which is, into. Which is not, by the way, 108 pounds was never a, a, a division in high school wrestling. Um, at least not in New York. I don't know about uh, over in uh, Pennsylvania. They're um, those little mm, short yeah. guys. Come on. But those little guys on the team. No? Yeah. No, they need. Uh, no, usually like 101. Oh, uh, 106, I think. Yeah. And okay. then there was a 96. 96 oh, as God. well. That was always like an eighth grader, seventh grader, you know. Yeah. Um, fiery punk. So uh, Corey thinks he's got the job. He's got it in the bag. He's he's got a babe on his side who crushes cans over her head. Um, candy, and, by the way, candy. It's from Saved by the Bell, a Jace California <laughs> Dreams. <Yeah. laughs> poor man's Saved by the Bell. Is that right. She's so, a total babe. We have talked entirely, like a lot about uh, Boy Meets World. We need to get to Vader and his involvement in here. So, uh, Corey, he's got the jacket, the Letterman's jacket. He thinks he's on the team, but Joey the Rat Epstein wants to challenge him for his spot on the team. Um, so, Joey, Frankie Stacchino, and Griff, who was played <laughs> by Adam Scott, who I completely forgot was in this show. Yeah, um, I remember the Griff character, but I didn't remember it being Adam Scott. Anyway, um, Joey the Rat loses to Corey in the gym um, with the wrestling team surrounding him, but then he says he wants a real fight, so it's going to be after school, um, and <laughs> Griff, it up, yeah. Yeah, Griff sets the whole thing up. Uh, he's gone all out. He's selling tickets to the after-hours wrestling match uh, that's going to take place in the high school gym. Um, he's stolen the custodian's keys, and... Uh, Man, so basically fast forward to the end of the episode. Um, for those that don't remember, Frankie Stacchino, what else is Frankie Stacchino in? Salute. He's the schooner guy from, from Mall Rats. Mall Rats. Oh, right. Frankie Stacchino, my bad. Yeah, Mall yeah. Rats. A schooner is a sailboat. Yeah, the best, <laughs> yeah. His best line ever, you dumb bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And 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 for those that don't remember, or can't visualize him. Uh, Frank Stacchino actually has a very long running yeah. role on this show, um, as opposed to Joey the Rat Epstein, who who is short lived on Boy Meets World as well as Griff. We see him when he's like written out of it, like in the next yes. episode, right? He's like written off. Yeah. So uh, Corey and Sean uh, head to the gym. And Corey's attempting to bail. He's getting cold feet. Um, Griff grabs him, explains how much work it was to put this match on. Just as none other than Robert Goulet <laughs> appears to sing the Star Spangled it's Banner. Robert Goulet. <laughs> yeah. It's all very good stuff here. <laughs> it really is. It's it's incredible. And then uh, other VIPs appear as well, such as Yasmin Bleeth <laughs> from Baywatch, who starts making out with Adam Scott's character, Griff. Um, Just making out with high school kids now? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and then none other than Frankie Stacchino's fictional character, uh, the man we're discussing, none other than Leon White, uh, Big Van Vader himself, who is currently employed with, with WWF at the time in 1995. So the, the match goes as follows. Corey gets Joey uh, the rat down, tags, uh, who tags in Frankie, who is considered like three times the size of Corey. This is outrageous. Corey pulls his brother Eric in. Uh, Eric does the the eye poke, headbutt. Everything seems to be working when Frankie tags in his dad, who steps over the top rope. Vader's (laughs) Vader's in spandex, and and he's dripping in sweat. Um, uh, He hoists... Uh, Eric up in a grill press slam, and then the hero of the day enters, and I was surprising surprised by Mr. Feeney doing his best Eddie Guerrero impersonation, yeah. jumping over the top rope, commands that he puts Eric down, and Vader stands tall, not intimidated. Um, he He threatens him by quietly using his real name, which is Leslie, and, uh, you know, Vader and Feeney have a little back and forth, and... Uh, Man, this it's some quality stuff. Reunions. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Next time, Texas Deathmatch. Lucha yeah. leaves town. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Uh, Feeney brushes them off immediately. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I like so the, you get uh, yeah, the brother goes, like, he's talking about how he had paid 50 bucks to get in. But, he's like, <laughs> but it was worth it because I got to sit next to the girl from Baywatch. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I'm like, I, I actually oh, laughed out loud a couple of times. There's, like, a uh, lot of star talent in this. Adam Scott, like, I, yeah. didn't, like, I did not expect, like, what I was going to see. The dude from Rats, I forgot he was a fixture on this show. Like, it's there's it was very entertaining. Goulet, too. Goulet, Goulet. the post-credit scene is great. Oh, yeah, he's singing, right? Yeah. What is it, a detention or something? Yeah. 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 Oh, man. So then the episode, the episode ends, um, and we're back in the school hallway. Corey gives the jacket back to the wrestling jock, and uh, the wrestling jock tells him he's all right, and uh, Corey wishes he still had candy by his side. I mean, who who wouldn't want candy by the side? Corey, the Corey. Man. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Episode is this Abe City? I said Abe City, yeah. I have, a, oh, I have one. I have one question about Boy Meets World because again, I was not one of these people that watched it all the time. Um, what is this place that they're like hanging out oh, yeah. at? It looks like the Ninja Turtles like lair, except <laughs> above ground or something. Yeah. What yeah. is that? It's essentially like a uh, like a, a a coffee house or like a bar for uh, for students to like go yeah. to, and they all manage to hang out at this place. It's their regular spot. It's like the replacement from what's in Saved by the Bell, the uh, the Max, the, the Max, Max yeah. burger yeah. joint or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Totally they're following the, the formula. Max. Yeah. Following a formula. Right, thank you. I was like, where are they? Like, someone's basement? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this? <laughs> I'm like, I remember thinking, like, yeah. do high schools actually have these kind of things somewhere? Because where we were did not have anything like that. It's a, it's a mixture a of uh, Cheers and uh, the Max. Yes. Yes. That's, that's yeah. So you can only order milk and soda. <laughs> I don't know. Soda's a little risque. Yeah, it might be. So, <laughs> um, so again, in that episode, we don't have uh, 
any love interest between Corey and and Topanga um, until the very end of the episode. Yeah, but, that you yearbook know. quote thing is so painful. Like, it's, <laughs> maybe one of the most painful things I've ever had to listen to. Oh, it like, is. It's well, pretty cheesy. I'll do the same quote as you, Topanga. Well, well like to to Corey's disgusting. Well, sometimes the, <laughs> Topanga was like a Topanga in the first season was like this nerd, like hippie, yeah. and like nobody wanted hang out with her type girl and i never really understood that because she was always like a pretty girl right from the get-go yeah. um she but, just had this like strange persona and everybody yes. looked at her that way like they didn't understand and right then she morphed she into shit on her face yeah right. which which that happens throughout this show like from season one to season seven there's like constant morphing of characters right yeah. like right. eric gets stupider and stupid like he yeah. gets like just <laughs> like more brain dead as the season goes on and so he's like Feeny, from american pie yeah feeney becomes more of a mentor to him and, and to everybody involved sean starts living with another teacher like what's going on there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i was like what's happening here why is this guy living with a teacher <laughs> yeah well his dad so it's problematic is, but yeah. very very yeah, his dad is... is chet hunter all right Jim, Jim is making this even better that he has no like historical yeah, context yeah. to this and it's like all brand new to him. <laughs> it's, Listen, it's if I, by the well, mythology is blowing my mind. <laughs> Listen, if I send you to the episode Where's where... Mankus? Where's Mankus? <laughs> <laughs> Only season one. <laughs> if I send you to the episode of uh, Sean and, and Chet Hunter, the father, <laughs> like reuniting and then the father like then passes away, right? It's, it's it's extremely right. emotional for, right, for gonna, Sean. I'm going to do a Saved by the Bell rewatch. And... It's, we're watching Boy Meets World, Jim. <laughs> my bad. Yes, my bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> on to... I, can I play this every single time? Um, on to, to Season 3, Episode 13, which airs on January 19th, 1996. Um, pretty interesting tidbit. The first episode we cover... Fi- uh, airs on my dad's birthday. This one airs on my wife's birthday. Um, <laughs> but but wow. this is the shortest involvement of Vader um, out of any of the episodes. So the episode kicks off with the boys in Mr. Feeney's office. They're wearing cheerleader outfits. And uh, Vader's in the office eventually because Frankie and Joey the rat burned Corey and Sean's clothes. So they're forced mm. to wear a cheerleading outfit. Um, at this point, Joey the Rat has been written off of Boy Meets World, uh, <laughs> and and Frankie needs to find new friends. And this is a real character arc for Frankie Stacchino here. Yes, um, yes. You know, he's turning into a good guy. He's no longer going to be a bully. Corey and Sean are going to help him. Face turn. Um, face turn. Yes, without a doubt. I thought it was. I I, I not going to lie. I chuckled at the scene in the beginning. They're in the office, and it's Frankie and Vader side by side. And they move out of the way, and the tiny it's little mother standing that is there. Great, that's maybe the best like joke of the whole three episodes. It's like, it's, oh yeah, it's so well done. She doesn't even say anything. Um, but how about it, Vader's suit? Do you see how big that thing is? Oh, it's huge. I've I would love to it. know the the size on that thing. I know. I want to try that on. It'd be. <laughs> 
I'd get lost in a sleeve, I think. I'm sure you and Mikey Workrate could probably fit into it together. Yeah, we'd look yeah. like the uh, old cartoons trying to get into a movie theater, like <laughs> other shoulders, with the shader suit on. Love it, um, love it. So, so there's really not much to talk about with this episode, right? Like, I, I don't, especially if we're focusing on Vader, right? We don't need to talk about how, I, I'm, I'm not diving into this episode. Let me, I'll just say one thing about the show in general, which I noticed from last season to this season is that just like the Wonder Years, you knew Corey, who was his brother in real life, right? The Savage Brothers. <laughs> the Savage Brothers. Um, <laughs> you knew he was going to mutate, like, into, oh, he's like, oh, he's not like a little cute kid yeah, anymore. Yeah. Now he's just yeah. like a pubescent boy. Like, oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> uh, this, this part may be, like, episode, or this episode may be my favorite out of just for vader's facial expression really absolutely hilarious watching the facial expressions from uh from vader here as he puts his arm around uh frankie jr and he he's just he's absolutely ridiculous he's screaming vader time barking quite a bit (laughs) he barks a lot but then frankie papa you don't always have to be in character all the time yeah i love it comes back with like i'm sorry son and he gets all like calm and collected and i i I just get so worked up sometimes defending my belt (laughs) all of this is gold man the premise of the episode is not only are they going to become friends with frankie but they want to like they basically convince the whole school that he's a nice guy and he's not this like dirt bag that you know he's been known for hanging around with all those other guys i like Um, the seventh graders that like um like to his through their laundry and they're like yeah. they're the ones all over the place they're kind of funny like they name him dances with sweaters yeah <laughs> i like the one seventh grader the main seventh grader at the end he uh says that yeah. uh frankie's showing his teeth or something he's showing his teeth run and like that they <laughs> you know where after he's they've from? learned the moral of the day too you know where that kid is from no what, other, what movie he's acted in tell me well it's one of our favorite movies with a lot of kids in them mm. with Arnold wow that is nigger Oh, Kindergarten, kindergarten cop. cop. Kindergarten Cop, correct. <laughs> it's not the Tuma. <laughs> All right, so the end of this episode is uh, they, they bring uh, Frankie over to Corey's house. He's in the dining room, and uh, the episode comes to an end. And then, you know, after the credits are all, uh, they're talking about going to the match. And what time's the match? And he bur- Vader bursts in, Vader time. He bursts <laughs> into the Matthews kitchen. Um, and notice, you're going to notice this in the next episode. I don't know if anybody picked up on it, but Frankie Stacchino Jr. has a real hard time doing the uh, the V with his hands. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I do like the line where the mom, uh, Corey's mom, says, knock it off, Francis. You don't act this way at the PTA meetings. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, yeah, yeah. so that I know. <laughs> it's like so, whole new boy meets world universe yep. here. So even, even I was like reading some articles about like how it came to be, and they were like, like the uh, creators of the show were immediately saying that there was no continuity or con- continuation in storylines in, in Boy Meets World, and there was a lot of like calling him Leslie in episode, uh, or, I'm sorry, in season two, and then calling him um, Francis in episode three or in season three. Jesus Christ, I'm screwing <laughs> this up, huh? But yeah, they were talking about it immediately and. Um, how Vader was pitched for this in the beginning. They, you know, he looked like Frankie having him believable of being like this kid's father. And uh, it was all really, really good. It was enjoyable, but continue on. So, um, 
Before we move on, we need to talk about what's in everybody's cooler. Um, before we move on to the finale of our, our three-part uh, TGI Vader time. To the cooler, was he supposed to have gone to school with like the parents or something? <laughs> they definitely could have like pawned it, like played that off. I he think he went to school with Feeny and the yeah. mom and stuff. Right, that's what it right. seems like. Yeah, Feeny was his teacher. Yeah, Feeny's been around so long. Yeah. And no Topanga in the episode, so maybe that's why I breezed through, and maybe that was why that was my least favorite Classic. of the, the okay. bunch. Classic. <clears throat> so, <laughs> so what? Sure her on here and ask her about it. I'm going to make sure this episode <laughs> makes its way to Galleries 1988. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send it with me in my next piece, um, which is going to be in January. Uh, so yeah. anyway, uh, that sewer cafe they had. Yeah. That would sell. All right, so the Extra Cooler showing what's in the cooler and this very special uh, two-year anniversary episode is brought to you by Sloop Brewing Company. Sloop Brewing is known for their hazy and golden IPAs like Juice Bomb and Super Soft, and we promise in year three uh, we will have more coming from us and Sloop, maybe some giveaways. Uh, so mm. what is in everybody's cooler for this very special episode? You heard me crack it on the on the show earlier today. I f- have a new Sloop with me. It is Interstellar Burst, nice. um, another New England IPA, six and a half percenter. But this one has a severely different hot profile than what Sloop usually lives in. Uh, this one is, is certainly new and different, in my personal opinion. Malted wheat, uh, flaked oats, flaked wheat. It has uh, Mosaic Cryo, which is you know pretty standard for them. The Nelson Sauvignon which I thought was a new hop strain mm-hmm. from them. And Montuka hops uh, makes a really interesting, different hop profile. I'm really enjoying it, and it feels like a departure from a uh, a normal sloop or juice bomb that you would find. So cheers, fellas. Cheers to year number two. Cheers. Jim, what do you got? I've gone with the, the seasonal eggnog. Nice. Uh, over ice with some uh, probably like a couple of shots two shots and a half of uh, <clears throat> brandy. So that's the uh, burn uh, recipe for eggnog, the brandy. Some people like bourbon. Some people like rum. Some people mix them together. I like the brandy. Brandy. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I, I wanted to say, we should we could have all, I mean, of course, sloop, but two-year anniversary, we should have busted out the champagne of beers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> last year last year was our uh, special, uh, everybody had to come up with a wrestling-related drink for this uh, for our one-year anniversary. Egg Nakamuri was in there somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Sweet, <laughs> sweet gin music was mine, I remember. Mm-hmm. Michael, what did you bring to the table? Hi. How are you? First, I would like to just get to know you. <laughs> Can you tell uh, us what you're drinking? <laughs> yeah. So I got from Sloop today. I picked up some <laughs> Bomb the Mountain. Uh, and that's an N- N-E-I-P-A. <laughs> and there he is. All right. <laughs> there it and, is. Yeah, you know, that's, I believe I had this last year. Uh, it's it's their usual uh, winter thing, their winter uh, classic, and along with no Santa, of course. But this one's got some flaked oats, flaked wheat, and uh, German Amarillo in there. And Excellent. Yeah, it's it's good for the winter, man. It's a good winter beer. What else, what else can you say? What else can you say? I've got a Manhattan with me. Uh, mm. I, I've definitely Ooh. spoken about this before. Uh, make it the way that Jim taught me to make it. You know, fill the class with ice all the way to the top. 
load it up with some some Canadian whiskey, mm. some vermouth, some of those maraschino cherries, and the, the cherry juice on top, and I'm good to go. That sounds Man, good. It's delicious. Yeah. I'm jealous. In a big, wi- in a big wine glass. That'll warm oh, up nice, nice and quick. That. Yeah, stemless, stemless. Sorry. Cheers, guys. The, the, Cheers. The difference, the difference between you drinking this now at like 9.45 at night and where I usually drink Manhattans that Jim has made me is usually at like 2 <laughs> o'clock in the morning where I'm like yes. not even knowing what I'm drinking and he's just handing me one yes. after one. Oh, 100%. After one. So uh, enjoy that say one. 2 in the afternoon, which happens sometimes too. <laughs> That's that, true. This is that, true. I may be in the same state when we all hang out at two o'clock in the afternoon in some instances for sure. (laughs) Suck it. Suck it. (laughs) Cheers to year two and uh, looking forward to year three. Um, So on to our our Vader episode of Boy Meets World. Uh, I'm not going to play the music this time. Actually, I can't do it, right? You have to. I will if you don't. Just because. Let's get in full effect. Juice the volume up real nice. It has a Beach Boys kind of like yeah. surfing kind of vibe going. Yeah, when they're all oh, convertible yeah. in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. jumping in real like, dream sequence. Yeah, jumping. Yeah. It's like heaven or something. There, the yeah. Showing so, people's faces. This episode is season four, episode nine from 1996. I don't actually have the date that it aired. How many this, seasons this is, of the show are there? A lot. I mean, this ran until seven. Like, yeah, okay. Seven, seven seasons. They went to college. How old oh, these man. freaks look at the end? I don't know. No one wants to see that. <laughs> one of the Matthews brothers makes an appearance. Matthews? Uh, yeah, oh, not oh. Corey Matthews. Uh, uh, Lawrence. Lawrence, that's what Matthew, I mean. Yeah, the Lawrence brothers. Not oh, Joey Lawrence, the other one. Oh, oh the middle oh, one, geez. the ones in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, oh, that one. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Speaking of like those kind of uh, Sean, I feel like is like when they cast this show, did they like see JTT? And go. We need a we need a melon headed freak, uh, our own <laughs> with a center part. Like it's like he's like cut from the JTT mold. Like melon <laughs> head, center part. Like, hey, they uh, got the connection. Chet wise Hunter ass was jokes. Yeah, so. oh, they really? should oh, have. They should have just is. used his real name. I mean, the guy's name is Ryder Strong. Yeah. <laughs> what an incredible name. That's one hell of a uh, wrestling name. If you ask right? me. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So on to Roddy season Strong, four. Zach Ryder. Episode nine from nineteen ninety six. Sixteen candles and four hundred pound men is the name of the episode. Once again, these are all on Disney Plus. Um, so the premise of the episode is Corey must help Frankie with his father's wrestling match while attending Topanga's sixteenth birthday party. Um, Classic. So uh, Frank, Frankie brings Corey and Sean back to his house as Vader comes home. Um, Vader's got an issue with Frankie being into poetry at the time and accuses Corey of being a bad influence. Uh, when all of a sudden Corey throws out a reference of Vader powerbombing Psycho Sid. <laughs> and uh, and while they're at his house, uh, Vader also comes home acting all Vader-like, uh, excited that he gets his rematch with Jake the Snake. Yeah, I have I have a present for us. Ready? Ooh. Oh, I wish yeah. you guys. I wish everybody listening could have just watched that scene because it's great. They're like, they're, but okay. So here's a problem Vader's that I have. Great. 
Yes. <clears throat> Woof. Vader references this in every episode that he's in that he's, what, the 11-time champion, right? And the guy lives in a trailer park that the walls are lined with his trophies and belts. Like, don't you think this guy would have had a little bit more money, right? Hot dog and a handshake, pal. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, I guess he's so. living that Mick Foley lifestyle. Frugal. Yeah. Very frugal. Yeah. Very, you're right. Vader, you're Vader's right. not a material guy. You know, like, come on. He's, <laughs> yeah. He has what he needs. I need to go dig in because I'm almost positive that Frankie's house is Sean's house later on in the series. Oh. <laughs> All right. I just Sean, what is he, a nomad? He's living everywhere. This guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sean, when, when Turner kicks him out. Uh, oh, no. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, man. Nick's got the back whole... with Chet. The whole story arc were memorized. It's impressive. Yeah, I, I forget when I rewatched this show. <laughs> yes, oh, I just said I rewatched right. it. It was like another job when I was working at my dad's store. It was like on in the middle of the day. I'm in the it's back, like you know. Yeah. Eh, it's either Judge Judy or Boy Meets World marathon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, I respect the, the episodes. I respect the Boy Meets World over Judge Judy. That's for sure. But <laughs> for me, I popped when I saw the old foam titles hanging on the wall. Yes. He had the old WWF title and the um, tag team championship both on the wall yep. underneath another belt that looked like it could have been a WCW title. I, I thought the even, same. I'm not even it's sure. US title. And he, uh, he like strolls in in, episode, in season two. With Nick said he was working for WWF at the time, but he walks in with what looked like to be the WCW US yes, title. I, I know that's two shows ago, but let's get back to season four. Wait, Sorry so when that. when does Vader enter WWF? Was it what year? I think it was ninety four, ninety five. I think ninety five. Yeah. Okay. You know he's billed as like the top heel, so this yeah. is like really interesting to have like such a like he fits the role perfectly, but in like the kayfabe world. You know, like it's—I I don't know. They certainly do a decent job at, at <clears throat> oh, you know, without a trying doubt. to maintain kayfabe here, and like even even when like Frankie Junior is like talking about his his father, and he's employed by the World Wrestling Federation in the <laughs> yeah. in the, in the uh, villain in in the villain role or so. I don't know. It wasn't yeah. wrong, no, but he said nobody like, says sports entertainment though. Yeah, like, yeah. no. no. <laughs> Well, so we get a 1996. So we we haven't gotten there yet. True. We um, get it. We get a setup now of Corey's dilemma, right? So Vader. Corey's feeding Frankie tips for Vader uh, that he needs to set up the Vader bomb faster. This is all in their little trailer park, and uh, so Frankie, you know, feeding this Vader thinks it's coming from Frankie. Tells him he wants him ringside for his match versus Jake. Hang on a second. The snake. How long has Vader been wrestling? At that point. It, Wrestling in general or yeah. in WWF? In general. Come on, work rate. Get on get on your phone. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And uh, Google search this for plus? us. Right, ten, maybe no, gotta be more than ten. Okay. A long time is what I'm saying. Yeah. He wouldn't uh-huh. have thought Oh, maybe I should do the Vader bomb faster. <laughs> <laughs> Finally it's dawned on him. Right. Yeah, eleven eleven time champ and he's not setting up the uh the, the Vader bomb fast enough. So so anyway, uh, C- Frankie tells Corey and Sean, I'll see you tomorrow night. He needs him there with the big fight versus Jake um, so that he could feed the tips to him. Um, Vader lets us know that it's big because if Vader beats Jake, he'll get a shot at the title versus Shawn Michaels at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I like all yeah. the references. Oh, I love it. Yeah. 
It was awesome. Um, did did nineteen ninety six extra cooler pop for uh, the Shawn Michaels just being mentioned on TGIF? Maybe not as much, but <laughs> but I was I was definitely still watching at the time. Like this wasn't my uh, my off season from no, this WWF. Is Nick in ninety six, so he's got the best best of everything going. So he's watching Boy Meets World. He's got you know they're making wrestling yeah. references. You know they're covering this in the WF magazine at the time. Oh, 100%. In the mail, reading all about it. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is a perfect storm. Topanga's yeah. in there, and he's got the middle part here. to yeah, make it all work. Yeah, and he's got a Sean middle part rocking, <laughs> unbuttoned flannel with a t-shirt underneath. Man, my worlds are colliding perfectly. Extra, extra cooler oh. meets world, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> new series. New series. <laughs> Sean, so Sean points out to Corey, like, uh, you can't go because you have Topanga's Sweet 16. Mm. Um, and, and meanwhile, so Topanga's, like, downplaying her Sweet 16. She doesn't really care that much. She's doing it for her parents. But deep down, we all know, you know, she cares about her Sweet 16. Because, you know. So <clears throat> Sean takes Corey back to Corey's house, pulls out a VHS conveniently from his book bag. Love it. Um I'm and he tells Corey he has to figure out. Yeah, <laughs> tells Corey. Yeah, nineteen ninety five. Tells Corey. Disney Plus. What is this? I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> Sean tells Corey he has to figure out how he's going to be in two places at once. So he brings Corey a VHS of none other than the Flintstones. Um, <laughs> where uh, what is it? Uh, Fred's got to be at at uh, Pebbles. Yeah, Pebble's birthday, and where's the other place? At the, uh, or something? Who knows? The Elk Lodge. Elk's Lodge adjacent. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. what it was called. Some sort of so thing. Water after buffalo. this, we there get a cut. Yes, Water Buffalo. Water Buffalo. We get a cut to the arena, um, and interestingly enough, uh, I looked at an article, uh, a few articles. The scenes were filmed uh, during a WWF house show in Anaheim, California at the time. Um, It's pretty interesting because you got Bruce Prichard acting as both the ring announcer and commentator for the match. But for wrestling fans who are listening to this episode, he is dressed as Brother Love. I don't remember Brother Love in the WWF in 1996 at the time like i i am ratting my brain trying to figure out like why is he dressed as brother love um so it's him and uh so did you notice who was with him at the table at ringside no it looks like briscoe it's like him and briscoe uh, at the table that's awesome that's what it feels like it feels like vince just sent in like go do you go do this like do whatever you want right like, right, right. You and briscoe <laughs> dress up as brother love i don't care like but if you saw pritchard in 1996, you'd be like, why is Brother Love's face right. not red? This is true. So this it only makes true. sense from a kayfabe standpoint that yeah, kayfabe only, hashtag this kayfabe only, that you, uh, that you have Brother Love on your screen and not Bruce Prichard. But <laughs> I, the commentary that he provides is freaking awful. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's no. so incredibly and the, I like, bet you he, he probably had a role in this because he was probably like Vader's handler. I was going to say the, the same thing. Like, Vince was like, go with Leon, make yeah. sure he doesn't screw like, up, yeah. you're his handler, and yeah. just do whatever needs to get done. Get back here right? as soon as possible because we got to get sit by the pool and book the territory, brother. <laughs> this is a good theory. I think you guys are onto it. I like yeah. this. I, I dig it. So, it, um, it, Brother Love actually returned to the WWF in 1995. Oh, you're right. He hosted a show, the Brother Love Show on Monday Night Raw, and actually debuted 
the ringmaster on it. Whoa. Love all it. right. Wow. Okay. All right. You're right. Now that you're saying this, I remember it all. Mikey That's Ward when swinging in from the rafters with a fat sack. <laughs> I'm picturing so, now Mike is uh, dressed as Sting, just coming down yeah, and, the, yeah. and repelling Suitcase from the rafters. Truth. <laughs> I think. Um, I, I think anybody that knows wrestling has seen the scene from this show. It's clearly like a house show. It's dimly lit. Um, why couldn't Boy Meets World provide any additional lighting for this? <laughs> because you could barely see what's going on. Um, I love how Corey and Sean come out with vader and frankie and uh they've got their vader t-shirts on uh they enter the ring and jake's questioning why they're there picks up the snake scares them out of the ring it's it's i don't know it's it's solid uh tgif sitcom material if you ask What's me cool though. Yeah, it is oh absolutely but it also looks like though that wf is producing like the wrestling bits of it you know what i mean like it looks like a yes. wwf product yeah I like i want to know if like vader did double duty if like this was like the last match of the night type thing and they like well stick around for like oh. to watch vader film that's how like his scene it has too. to be has yeah. to yeah. be like hell yeah i'm going on, right yeah um, 1996 shirtless Jake Roberts is like one of the saddest things in all of wrestling. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, they treat this like he's the heel invaders to face, though. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Um, and but and that's where it's weird because you can hear the crowd noise, but the crowd is like not really cheering for, not at all cheering for Jake. So who knows if the cr- crowd's pumped in there? Um, but you know, ringside, Sean points out how they need to get to the Sweet Sixteen. They tell Frankie they need programs, so Corey makes it to the Sweet Sixteen in time. Um, but he like immediately tells Topanga he needs to to leave. Pawns <laughs> Topanga off on her aunt. Um, they head back. And they show up with with Vader masks at the arena. Jake is dominating Vader at the time. How are they going from an arena? Like, you couldn't run from an arena (laughs) ringside to your car fast enough, like, to go back and forth. And you're managing to go to a Sweet 16, unless that thing is, like, up in, like, a press box or a, a, a suite like i don't know how they're pulling this they said off it was 0.3 miles away now is that door to door i don't know this is you know like you said door to door sitcom uh, logic here so right right um so at one point with jake dominating jake calls for the ddt uh cory spots it because you know he's such a wrestling fan and gives frankie the heads up frankie tells vader that he's going for the ddt like come on man vader 11 time champion doesn't know when jake takes his finger points it in the air and swings it around in a circle that he's signaling for the goddamn (laughs) ddt like (laughs) i know it's a sitcom all right um but uh he should have done his scouting report yeah, he should have. Oh, K-Fob. <clears throat> K-Fob. <laughs> so after that, Corey and Sean head back to the Sweet 16. They're in their suits. Corey walks in, and he's wearing his Vader mask. And, you know, it's you know, it, it's, it's good laugh. Um, coincidentally, at this well, point. kept it on when she found him. Then he would have been in deep shit, man. So she could be like, what is this? <laughs> jock strap? Like, what yeah, is why it? are you wearing a jock strap on your face? Um, but he... Clearly, they're like in the bar. The match is on right now at the moment. Um, and so they have to head back to the arena. Vader's struggling. He's knocked out outside the ring. Uh, and he's looking at Frankie for advice. And, and Frankie looks to Corey. Corey's got nothing. But Frankie pours his heart and soul into it, gives Vader his own advice that he loves him no matter what happens in the match. And uh, missing, Jake, uh... 
Jake, this one's for my son. <laughs> <laughs> you missed before they left. Uh, Topanga goes to the DJ and to play like the last song. Yes, I apologize. <laughs> so, it, and then they leave, and then it cuts to Topanga standing all alone to uh, the classic Sweet Sixteen song. Um, so, yeah, Vader gets back in the ring, finishes Jake off with a Vader bomb, uh, and at this point, I don't know if you picked up on it, Bruce is going back and forth between commentary, and he's like. Bruce, but also Brother Love at the time. <laughs> like he's got the accent. It's it's awful. Um, it's bizarre. The, the handler is doing a terrible job. Um, match ends one two three. Vader is going to get his title shot. Uh, they celebrate in the ring, only for Sean to point out that Corey is missing the dance. Mm. They return to the party, but no one's there. Topanga points out to Corey that she sees him celebrating on the screen in the bar at the moment. Um, Corey apologizes, explaining that he needed to be in two places at once. How he's helping Frankie get closer to his dad, and uh, you know, all is right. The sixteen-year-old says- girl was like, "Yeah, that's all right. You yeah. know, you missed my sweet sixteen. You embarrassed me in front of my family and friends, and it's all right." <laughs> she said she saw the episode on TV, though the Flintstones, though too. She's like, "Oh, I like the Flintstones episode." Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, come on, man. This is a great show. This is quality television. I want to watch the next zippy. episode and the rest of the season. There's something awesome about just listening to Nick break down a episode <laughs> yeah. of Poison's yeah. I know. I, you know, I wondered what this episode was going to sound like. I'm like, this is different, though. This is TV. This is, like, not wrestling. No, it's, like, it's the same thing. Are we going to be like, listen, Nick is, like, just going like, straight at it. <laughs> I, I just I love that Nick treated this like a wrestling match. No, like, no, you had yeah, to. Yeah. It, it was perfect. It was perfect. You had to. So wait. So it's all right. So wait. Sean's in the back, right at the Sweet Sixteen, and you know he's got an idea for his buddy, his best friend Corey, which I would hope you guys would have done for me what at the wingman. time if I was what in this. Wingman, right? right. Perfect wingman. Um, and uh, there they are. They're back in the empty arena. Sweet Sixteen music's playing as they dance in the middle of the ring. Uh, Vader accepts the fact that Frankie doesn't want to be a wrestler. And this is like the best part. Vader tells Frankie he's been working on a new move, the Vader Salt. And then he's about to show Frankie. And, and they tell Corey and Topanga, who's still dancing in the middle of the ring, to move over. They slide over, still dancing, as Vader hits a, a Vader Salt. And then he does like a Playgirl centerfold pose in the middle of the ring and looks at the two of them as they finish their dance. A hand under the chin, like, yeah. Yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, he, that good old is something, too, and he, like, the, he, like, the, is unfazed by it. Like, just oh, like, total miss. It's, it's incredible, man. <laughs> I give these three episodes six cans wow. out of my five cans. It is, it is incredible television. I loved every moment of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, fine. it was. Own it. Own it. Own it. I, Own it. Yeah, I loved it. All right, I love the show. It's up there for me. All right, I feel like it brought me back. Like side podcast, the watch along, Panga <laughs> Vision. It's a Panga Vision, Jensen. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure he listens to this. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so. uh uh, this was a lot of fun. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Like we said, we want to treat ourselves to something really random. And uh, the beauty of this podcast is we can do whatever we want. <laughs> Question for you. Who yes. had the best haircut in all of Boy Meets World episodes that we just watched? Sean 
Was it John? Was it I Eric? go John. Turner. Topanga? John, wait, John Turner when he's the early episode, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, there's there's some incredible, old, like, Topanga's got a head of hair on her, man. Mm. She's got, oh, yeah. like, has some thick hair. The, the answer is Vader. Corey. Vader had the oh, best hair. Corey, Corey, that little fro. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I'm Corey still going with Turner, man. He's not in my top five. I <laughs> know, it's a terrible hair. <laughs> yeah. Do you really have a choice? It's like buzz or just let it grow. Yeah, and what's even uh, Ethan Suppley, whatever the guy's name in the show is, uh, has like not good hair, but it's like changing episode to episode. The uh, school oh, guy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Corey's bro. Will Friedel. Corey's bro. He's another you know floppy-haired middle part guy. So yeah. much hair flopping around. Oh yeah, mid nineties, baby. I'm I'm a little upset that we never got to see the Mister Feeney loser leaves town Texas Texas death match against Vader. Like, <laughs> yeah. You think you think we can call up Trips and see if he can uh, book that oh, for us? Feeney, he's looking not so yeah, good. These no. days. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh really? Oh jeez. Feeney. Feeney yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, Matt, on that note. Matt, you've got some extra credit to a lot of extra credit Ooh, to break down. So there, there's a lot. All right, let's it. let's go. The Extra Cooler Show is a proud member of the Pod Foundation. The Pod Foundation is a partnership between ourselves, the Chick Foley Show, Turnbuckle Tavern, and Coming Down the Aisle. We are committed to bringing wrestling fans everywhere the best content possible and sharing our love for all things professional wrestling. Be sure to follow at Pod Foundation on Instagram and Twitter to interact with us and stay up to date on all of our shows. Like Nick said, there is a lot of extra credit. And before we start talking about Chalkline and the Pod Foundation, I think it's only appropriate that I do this. We are back for some extra credit with our Extra Cooler Top 3. The Extra Cooler Top 3 spotlights are top stories from the week that was in pro wrestling, brought to you by Chalkline. Chalkline brings you our favorite officially licensed WWE apparel on jackets, shorts, and more over at chalk-line.com and the Pod Foundation will save you 10% when you enter PF10 at checkout. I knew I needed to go a little bit yeah, faster. I was just going to say cut that. Off. <laughs> uh, oh, almost there. <laughs> but, uh, man, this last seven days of wrestling there are so many things to talk about, and there's so much stuff that a top three just doesn't do it. Even a top five doesn't do it. So we're going to break down the top five. And there's even honorable mention on top. Let's talk about Matt Riddle failing his second drug test of the year, apparently, uh, is now being written off Monday Night Raw. Uh, they are giving him a six-week timetable for return. Apparently, he tested positive for cocaine and MDMA or Molly. Uh, so it sounds like Matt Riddle is out partying and not uh, necessarily passing those wellness tests. Um, also, honorable mention, we got more details on William Regal. Now, I know we're recording this on Wednesday night, so we're missing Dynamite at this point in time, and we're recovering things from two weeks ago, essentially in the AEW universe. But um, we got more details on William Regal and how they wrote him off the uh, 
wrote him off of the show storyline wise and him leaving for WWE. I thought it was interesting. It's kind of those like ransom notes. Like if something bad's happening to me, then that means you're watching this video, (laughs) which I thought was interesting for sure. Um, But we'll stay story number five. It's a week ago, so it's fallen down in our rankings here. But the MJF and Ricky Starks promo from Dynamite last week, the internet wrestling community went absolutely crazy for this promo. I have to admit, I am not a Ricky Starks guy. I'm just not there yet. I'm not sold on this dude. Can I just chime in really quick? I know you want to buzz through this, um, but I'm with you, man. And I texted you guys when I watched this promo. I think he's got it in the ring, but dude needs to slow down on the mic. Uh, I found him. I found him almost difficult to understand at times during that promo. I don't think he is on anywhere near the same level as MJF um, on the mic. And, and like I said, the big takeaway is just slow down, Ricky Starks. Man, you're hard to understand at times. You're talking I, I, so fast. I like was appointment listening for me when the turnbuckle tavern came out with their their flagship show on thursday i like immediately turned it on because i wanted to hear their take on ricky starks and they're they sound like they're behind them too and i just i can't get there yet hopefully this feud will build him up in a baby face capacity but for me like it just the pebble like mjf called him the pebble like that one really hit for me because i'm the one that's like man man get your own stick man get your own stick anyway Let's move. Story number four, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Vernado, has been confirmed for New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 17 on January 4th, 2023. There's speculation of her official release and officially being done with WWE, which is making more possibility for her being Soraya's partner in Los Angeles for what I believe is a January 11th episode of Dynamite is what's being teased here. Um, Sasha on her Instagram even, you know, reposted somebody's picture of her and Paige wrestling in the ring uh, back in NXT days. But really, this this speculation is really strumming up a ton of a ton of feelings, a ton of like, can this actually happen? And it's all speculation at this point, which is why you guys talked me out of taking this out of the number one (laughs) spot. (laughs) But to me, Wrestle Kingdom 17 is insanely massive you've got carl anderson from wwe you've got sasha banks mercedes i have a feeling they're going to reference her as mercedes but we'll see how that goes ftr from AEW, kenny omega from AEW are all going to be there there's impact talent like the true meaning of the forbidden door will be wrestle kingdom 17 and it's it's going to be an insane show if i mean it's always really good and even if you don't pay attention to New Japan, it's always worth a watch. And this one just adds more speculation. And I guarantee that you'll see more U.S. buys for this pay-per-view than any Wrestle Kingdom previously. Yo, Mr. Fantasy Booker, how good would it be, right? Here's the smart move by Triple H, is you you have her go work that show, and you have her work as Mercedes, right? So everybody thinks, oh, she's Mercedes, she's gone, and then boom, whether it's Rumble or Mania, she come, they, you bring her back. I don't know, man. I, I, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, but don't do AEW. Have you not seen what has happened to everybody else that has gone there? Like, nothing good. <laughs> like, you get your freedom, sure, whatever, but you just fizzle out. I, I feel like 
Sasha is different. Yeah, I, I feel like she is immediately their number one star. Like this is a she's on the level of what John Moxley did when he came in and in the very beginning of AEW in their first pay-per-view event and he comes in and is immediately a top guy. Goes after Kenny Omega like immediately and now he's the face of the company. Like you yeah. can't deny what he has done and how important he's been and if they can rally around Sasha, if it ever happens, and I'm not, I'm, right. I'm more with you, Nick. I feel like this is like just inevitable of, you know, her getting to check something off of her bucket list and then come back to WWE. But like, if she was, if she was to hypothetically go to AEW, like an absolute game changer for that division, even more than. Athena coming over or Soraya coming oh, yeah. over or no, God, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to say, what? she is immediately catapulted above Britt Baker and nobody else has been able to do that yet. He's so I'm, good at selling you in a, on an idea. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this sounds awesome. Like, <laughs> I would actually have her. I wouldn't have her feud with Hater because I don't really, eh, that's like meh to me. I would have her go after Jade Cargill mm. and have her feud with her. If I was the AEW, you know, booker. Yeah. yeah. And if you go back, she trademarked like uh, Mercedes Monet and stuff like that. You, a lot of it was money related. Jade's coming out. Jade. She's going through the, 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 the green gimmick. She's, you know, came out with that. It was a onesie, I think, but it looked like an <laughs> absolute like uh, money bikini. Like that. Mike, you may be right, man. Like that's that's the way to go. But it's the oh, secondary. It's the secondary title. But really, that's on brand for AEW making their secondary titles feel more yeah. important than their primary title. So maybe that Moxley's maybe that the fits. only one who's had had success. So I don't know, man. The the <laughs> success rate is not high. But anyway, story number three. We have rumors of Vince McMahon saying that he wants to return to WWE. The Wall Street Journal, and I'm going to read this one, he has said that he has received bad advice from people close to him to step down and that he now believes the allegations and investigations would have blown over had he stayed. There's obviously some like legal stuff like involved in all of this. Like you can't just like hey pal, I'm back. You know, like <laughs> it's just not possible. Like I don't know. Let's not I don't I almost don't want to put this out there into the universe because I hope this does not happen. I think he Thanks sees for everybody else down, in, Paul. He probably sees everybody else in like the current era. Like anyone gets away with everything and like right. he's like, Why am I sitting out? Like which oh right. no, please. It's like no, 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 no. Yeah. Like no. Yeah. I, I wish I could s- skip story number two because you gave me a great a great segue. But let's <laughs> stick to story number two. This past Saturday, FTR and the Briscoes delivered again. Holy shit. Holy Holy shit. If you have not watched this double dog collar match from Final Battle, please go and watch. It is immediately catapulted to match of the year talk. FTR and the Briscoes have put on three matches that you can say fall into this match of the year conversation. Even the referee bleeds. Even the <laughs> ref bleeds during this match. I couldn't believe that the the match the, the ref 
even took a bump like that and bladed. It was absolutely insane. These four men put their lives on the line for sure. The match, the story arc, the everything, the gaga afterwards, everything about this match was tremendous. Stamp of approval. Go watch it. I'm sure Mikey Workrate would would agree. And I love some chaos in my wrestling, and this is no different. Go watch FTR and Briscoes in the double dog collar match. These guys can do no wrong. Oh, seriously, in my eyes, that's very, very true. Speaking of somebody that can do wrong, story number one, Mandy Rose, after 413-day title reign, has not only lost her title to Roxanne Perez, but has also been released from the company. This happened today, Wednesday, as we are recording. Excuse me. As we are recording today, a lot of things still, I'm sure, will come out about it. But um, last Saturday, we had the deadline pay per view where Roxanne Perez won the Iron Survivor Challenge. I actually watched this event. I actually tuned in for NXT this week. I gave it a chance. It is the wrestling version of TikTok, if you ask me. <laughs> it is microwave story, 30 seconds, right into the, swipe it, right into the next story, swipe it, right into the next story. For me, it was too fast. I didn't totally enjoy it, but I understand where the place is in NXT. That's my 30 seconds on NXT, as we haven't spoken about them in months. But regardless, Roxanne Perez wins a title shot, which should have been at the next pay-per-view, PLE, whatever you want to call it. It gets hot-shotted to NXT last night. Roxanne defeats Mandy Rose. You're seeing fan videos after the event of them saying, thank you, Mandy. We're all assuming that she is going to the main roster. All is well. We hear and see some, I'll, I'll use my air quotes of risque photos hitting the uh, internet, which I guess is leaked. Only fans adjacent content out there. And, we get news today. Sean Rossap reports that WWE has come to terms with the release of Mandy Rose and everyone is here for her defense. They are going back to the attitude era, talking about girls posing in playboy. How is this different? You have guys like Matt Riddle being essentially written off television. You have multiple offenses of DWI and people are still on the main roster and you have Mandy Rose sitting here getting released for, releasing some risque photos for additional money. Yeah, I mean Paige did worse. <laughs> See <laughs> Yeah, but she right, wasn't fine. You she you, wasn't throwing it out there to make money off of it. Exactly. True, you can go true. there. That's something that she didn't control. True. Sure, she did some things on camera that the world got to see that probably nobody should have. But that's the different point. Here it's it, it right, was the decision right. from Mandy Rose to put these out there. And Obviously, the company was put in a tough spot. They didn't like what had happened, and it seems like that is what's related. Um, Nick, you shared earlier that there was a report that she actually asked for her release, which you're seeing conflicting reports saying yeah. that she Who was caught off guard by is. the release. Who knows what it is? But at the end of the day, like the maturation and the story arc of Mandy Rose from being with Otis to 
going to NXT to a 413-day title reign, which I think is top three for longest women's title reign at NXT. Dude, she was the highlight at NXT right now. Like Absolutely. she was, the, her and Toxic Attraction were the are were the reason to watch NXT or to even figure out what's going on in NXT. And it's it's funny because a lot of people like just scrolling through Twitter, you see people coming to her defense left and right and it almost feels like it's rightfully so like yeah yeah can i chime in with that because one, uh, one second but wwe like made her whole persona of being that she's the hot girl in the in the room right and it almost told athena ember moon to be more like her oh yeah i don't oof, i don't even remember that but yeah nick go go right ahead no, so uh friend on on Instagram and Twitter, Queen of the Ring, Alex, she said she put it perfectly. She said Manny Rose should not have been suspended, have to take down her content, not released. Having an OnlyFans or fan time isn't bad reputation for WWE. A CEO with a sexual misconduct scandal, Ooh, paying yeah. women hush money and demanding a comeback is this release is harsh and deeply misogynistic. Like, Perfect. It, like it's yeah. so well said and so incredibly true. Like, it's not a bad reputation. It, she, like, so many people are saying too. Like, she's gonna go out there, and if if this is what she wants to do, she's gonna make even more money doing this on an OnlyFans than WWE is probably willing to pay her. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, she probably get health insurance too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well. It's uh, it's certainly sad to see Yorktown Heights, New York's own Mandy yeah. Rose, uh, not no longer with the company. Um, I, think, certainly- I, think, be, I, I think it'll they'll figure it out. Honestly, I think right? the biggest bummer, like you you kind of touched on it, is that like we literally watched her go from tough enough winner to like over these last few years, literally learn and like kind of cement herself as like someone very respectful, mm-hmm. like and respectable in the ring. Uh, and on the mic and with her gimmick and everything that she's done in NXT, like it, it was working and it is working. Like it's a shame that it had to end this way. And you kind of like in the match, I only caught the end, but like the way the match ends, you can kind of just see it. She just flops over like a dead fish, and it's it's just a it's a bummer. Yeah, it, it's it's really funny. Like you 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 taking it full circle here. Like she came up with page right she was one that was part of absolution yeah absolution thank you i couldn't remember what it was but you know page ultimately took her under her wing and sonia deville Mm -hmm. and they had their own trio and then mandy at the end was giving back with Gigi dolan and the other jersey chick i can never remember her name i totally apologize that's it thank you um but for me it, it it's really cool to see it all come full full circle I Jim, you said it. I think at the end of the day, this all blows over in some capacity and we find a way to come back and we find a way to make this all happen. And I'm hoping that this is what Nick, you texted to us earlier as we were chatting about this, that this is something that she requested. And I hope that this is a break and this is, you know, her ability to come back later. I hope this doesn't go down the AEW path with Paige because I think she is one that gets lost in the shuffle. And it's not one that can make a difference on the other side of the dial, so to speak. And I think let's hope that, well, let me say, last week we talked there was seven and a half weeks to to Royal Rumble. So now we're sitting at six and a half weeks to Royal Rumble. That's enough time to allow 
Matt Riddle to go to rehab. It's enough time for Mandy Rose to go home, do what she needs to do, and come back and be a player on the main roster. And that's what I'm truly hoping for. Did you, did you know that uh, Stu has an OnlyFans page to, <laughs> called, uh, called uh, Only, only uh, Stretch Holds, Stretches, Only Stretches, you know? <laughs> yeah, send me a, a loony or a toonie in the mail. That's Canadian <laughs> currency, of course. And uh, I'll uh, send you a photo of me uh, uh, clobbering Bruce over the head with a, that ashtray. Only <laughs> stretches. You know, we, let's go back to the two-year anniversary conversation. We talked in in uh, episode 33 that, um, you know, our, our one-year anniversary, we had a Mount Rushmore of the Extra Cooler show. This, for year two, it is Stu Hart. Stu Hart, <laughs> Stu Hart, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Those are our Mount Rushmore of year number two for the Extra Cooler oh. Show. And with that, Nick, take us home, brother. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, year three is going to be fun. We've got a few things planned already. Uh, we've got a Christmas episode planned for you next week where we'll be talking about some primetime wrestling. We've got uh, Rumble season is upon us. The in best. The- early spring we've got our 100th episode where i believe as of now tentative plans are to uh give our um, mount rushmore of moments in wrestling um we talked about that earlier and uh, hopefully we've got more things going on with sloop wrestlemania season man it's gonna be a fun one here's to year three cheers to year two uh thank you guys for making me do this cheers thank you Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Nobody eats beefaroni on a boat, man. That's a problem. <laughs> right, so, uh, right, so uh, what's in the cooler? Oh, that just blew my mind. <laughs> the rhino, the rhino's on ya. <laughs> Extra credit. Port, 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 port side heater. <laughs> Extra credit. Nasty, nasty, nice. <laughs>